Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be drilling down into two companies. And to do that, we're kindly joined by Sasha Morris and Neil Pearson of Hybridan. Neil and Sasha, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you. So just before we get into the podcast, would you obviously just give us a a bit of background for people that haven't maybe heard of um, Hybridan before and and what you guys do and also your roles there? Yeah, sure. So um, my name's Neil Pearson. I, I head up the corporate broking and sales side of of Hybridan. Um, Hybridan, we are we are small cap brokers um, operating in the uh, small and mid space uh, on, on on quoted markets, raising money for for growth companies. Fantastic. And Sasha, your role at Hybridan? Yes, I work alongside Neil uh, under the corporate broking and sales arm of the business. Lovely. Thank you. So that gives us a bit of context to the companies that we're going to be discussing uh, today. So we've got two here in Rural Broadband Solutions and also DXS International. Uh, Sasha, you're going to be discussing Rural Broadband Solutions and then, uh, Neil, you'll be covering DXS. So, Sasha, if if you'd like to go first, um, could you give us a a very brief introduction to people that maybe haven't heard of Rural Brand Broadband Solutions and what they do? Yes, of course. So Rural Broadband Solutions are are listed on the Aquis uh, markets. So through the acquisition of SWS, so that's Secure Web Services, they've been building a network in rural areas by using fixed wireless access. So for those that are not too familiar, this is a way of providing wireless connectivity through radio links between two fixed points. So Rural Broadband Solutions, they're upgrading existing fixed wireless access infrastructure in rural areas. And where it is economically achievable, they'll, with the support of UK government voucher schemes, the company are deploying fibre to the home or fibre to the premises. Um, again, this involves laying fibre optic cables directly from the broadband exchange right to your home. Lovely, thank you. So, when I was looking at the, this company, one of the first things that jumped out at me, of course, is you know, there's lots of different services out there, but I mean, from a consumer's point of view, they're going to be undertaking their services. What are the main benefits over using alternative networks out there? Yes, yeah, so I think a key difference um, for RBBS is that they specialise in rural areas. They have over 15 years experience running through uh, networks within the rural premises and consequently they have strong links and relationships with with local authorities. Um, The the company are using, utilising existing and fully developed fixed wireless access networks which mean that they're proven, they're mature and they're, they're reliable technology. I'd say another key benefit fit uh, would be their recent acquisition of Cadence. So Cadence are a wholesaler and reseller of bandwidth capacity and a manager of backhaul and core network upgrades. 
So this gives a company a significant base upon which it can build their own national data network and efficiently provide cutting edge connectivity to a broader range of, of rural towns and villages, as well as doing this at a, re a reduced cost and enhancing efficiency kind of back end management for the company. Thank you. So from my understanding, Sasha, that they're currently operating in, in Shropshire and Wales, but there are plans to take this to the rest of the UK and, of course, rural areas within the rest of the UK. Is there any indication of what this total market size could look like and, and really the market that RBBS are going after? Yes. So this is an ever-increasing demand within the UK for, for nationwide fast and reliable broadband. I'd say specifically for the company, they connected, uh, concentrated, sorry, on, on successfully executing phase one of their business model, which, as you mentioned, centres around Shropshire and Wales and surrounding areas. So in order to do this, they've defined a strategy to target gigabyte towns, which are rural towns with an exchange, uh, gigabyte villages, which are clusters of properties without an exchange, and standard villages, which are clusters of properties reachable only by fixed wireless access. But to, to go back to your question, to answer your question, in terms of an addressable market for, for all broadband solutions, the company have to calculated total addressable market just shy of, of 80,000 premises um, based on existing planned locations and, and additional areas within the Shropshire area. Perfect, thank you. So, you know, when people hear about the rollout of, uh, you know, services for, for broadband and, and internet and such like that, you know, there, there may be a bit of association with these things taking a little bit longer than than uh, than first said and, and expected. I mean, is there any indication of you know, how long it would take for RBBS to, to roll out their service and, and really sort of take a, a foothold in the market across the UK? Yes, so short term, they're aiming to target around just over... 13,500 properties, so that's by December of this year, so 2022. However, their, their aim is, as mentioned, to target the 80,000 properties um, passed with a gigabyte capable service by, by February 2025. Okay, sounds good. So, looking, looking at their reports, they had a huge growth in, in revenue over the last year, and... You know, that that's something that I'm sure investors will be pretty keen to know, you know, what that looks like going forward. Are there any early signs of what their revenue growth would be um, going forward for the rest of 2022? Yeah, so it's quite hard to say. Um, revenue growth depends largely on the take-up rates, uh, the breakdown between residential and business subscribers, and of course, the breakdown between the fixed wireless access and the fibre to the premises okay okay so you know when we're looking at rbbs and their expansion plans for, for the rollouts i mean what what do you think it will look like in terms of their margins i mean if they've got a fairly fixed cost base there and you know they have that there and of course there'll be associated costs of rolling it out but then in the future uh, you know is there a a big chance for margin expansion as they increase 
the the number of customers, or is there something that you know that the margins are going to remain fairly static as they increase their uh, expansion across the UK? Yes, so infrastructure costs will depend on numerous factors. Um, So if we just break that down, firstly, it will depend on the breakdown of fixed wireless access and fibre to the home premises coverage. Uh, Secondly, the breakdown of residential and commercial properties. So given that there are different levels of voucher funding available and infrastructure requirements differ, um, and obviously, of course, There are a variety of additional costs, such as infrastructure hardware and and labour costs. But naturally, we we would expect to see um, costs would be lower for an area with a higher take-up rate. Okay, so that's that's interesting. There's a degree of variability uh, there. And I just just want to finish now by going back to, to the acquisition that you that you mentioned there and how that's helping them roll out their business. I mean, from what you can see, Sasha, is there anything else on the horizon that would would look like a, a potentially good acquisition for RBBS? And, you know, what you know, sector or, or, or service may that offer and, and what would be a good fit for them? Yes, a cadence was acquired not only for their offering, but was largely influenced by the chance to collaborate with its founders um, so therefore, it has to be the right dynamic. I'd say the business is looking to deliver on their, their current objectives and their primary focus is largely integrating cadence uh, into the business. Um, and in order to do this effectively, so they can plan much more aggressive expansion into the, into the rural broadband market. Fantastic. So one to keep a a close on there. Thank you very much. Uh, So, Neil, over to you. DXS International, uh, same as I asked Sasha at the beginning, would you be able to give us a a brief introduction to DXS, please? Yeah, sure. Um, So DXS, uh, they're also quoted on the Aquas Exchange, uh, 5 million market cap. Uh, Currently got about 3.6 million of revenues, uh, half a million in, in net profit. Uh, and, and just think, just to give them, I guess, some some context. Um, I mean, now we're coming out the the other side of COVID. Um, Touchwood. I, I think it's really opened our eyes up just just to how much pressure, you know, that the NHS um, is under in, in terms of resources, and and this has really opened up a um, a wealth of opportunity to to companies in the digital health sector um, to, to, for really many of them to step up and and help improve the the lives of, of both G- GPs and, and their patients. And, and, and that is really um, the area DXS are focusing in, um, you know, very much in the business of making lives more efficient for, for both doctors and their, and their patients. And they, they, they do this through a variety of uh, clinical support tools that, that really allows GPs very quick and easy access to, to patient healthcare information. Um, now, all of these support tools are, are underpinned by NICE guidelines. NICE stands for the um, the National Institute for, for Health and Care Excellence. So these are really guidelines that are all evidence-based recommendations for, for healthcare in England. Um, and this, what this really does is it enables GPs to have readily available uh, just-in-time treatment information during the, the consultation process. So it's increasing the, the speed and accuracy upon which patients are diagnosed. 
Um, now, the big, I guess, sticking point for DXS is that they are NHS accredited. That's a big plus because it is a huge barrier to entry uh, for new entrants. Um, it's provided them DXS with very sticky revenue base, uh, and they're currently embedded in about 2,000 UK GP practices. So a, a very good footprint. Thanks. So to, to help give listeners a bit of uh, you know a bit of context, a bit of uh, insight into how DXS operates, I, I believe they've got three areas or, or, or three products: um, expert care, my vital care, and complete care. Could you give us a bit of a break breakdown on each of those, please, so we can get you know a bit more detail about what they're actually doing with the NHS, please? Yeah. Sure. So their, their product set is in, is incredibly complementary, and it's it's somewhat evolutionary when you're looking at how treatment has has developed and is developing. Um, you know, from the somewhat passive passive approach of a GP directing a patient to more interactive, what we're what we're moving into now, where patients are feeding back to GPs with real time data, and and really ultimately how AI which is, is really starting to, to, to go down buses into healthcare, which is great to see. And that's making really decisions based off uh, patient data. So e- expert care taking that one up front, that's a CE accredited um, as a medical device. Uh, and that ensures compliance with the, what we call the gold standard of, of treatment guidelines when we're diagnosing areas such as, as hypertension. And, and, and hypertension is by no accident that the first area of expertise, expert care. Um, high blood pressure is a is a major issue um, here in the UK. It's a big cause behind premature mortality here in the UK. You, uh, I think with major underlying conditions and the severity of them was really made known during COVID. Um, more than a quarter of the UK adult population actually has blood, high blood pressure. And if you untreat it, um, can lead to very serious issues such as you know, strokes, heart failure and and chronic kidney disease. So it's very important for GPs to detect and diagnose early. And they use DXS's technology as as almost a benchmark to ensure that their treatment plans for their patients are all based on on evidence from from NICE guidelines. Um, My Vital Care, that's what I was talking about, moving into more of the interactive relationship between GP and patients. So mobile phones now being used for for patients to, to share their healthcare information across a, across a secure platform and, and phones these days have a wealth of data at our fingertips and i just think generally you know patients are becoming more active in the management of their health and wellness and there's a lot of evidence behind this that suggests when a patient is really bought into their own condition they understand it they've got a greater sense of awareness and their engagement increases and therefore treatment compliance is improved which is which is hugely important and a major benefit to this is you know in, in having a long-term condition is, is parents can patients conforming to their own uh, treatment pathway means less time spending in GP practices which GPS love because it reduces the the admin burden and and waiting times um, and just taking the last one there that you mentioned complete care complete care is, is moving on from this is the, the, the database model they have a wealth of information DXS so it's about making that accessible for GPS um, they have many templates in place, you know, which expert care is based on you know, the, the, the best practice to maximize what we call COF earnings. Um, QOF, that stands for the Quality and Outcomes Framework, which is which is generally what you could describe as an extra 
revenue stream for GPs if they deliver a good quality of care. So complete care is really much an end-to-end support for running a practice um, on diagnostic scoring tools, patient leaflets and, and patient diaries, for example. So it's, it's generally looking looking at the, the improving the overall productivity of a, of a GP practice. Thank you, Neil. Very comprehensive overview there. So from my understanding, their results are going to be coming up in the not-too-distant future. Um, as a follower of, of the company, the one that obviously pays close attention to it, for you, Neil, what are you looking forward to learning most about over the last year? And you know, how would you expect revenue to have performed during that period? So, you know, DXS are, are really at the coalface with the, the NHS. They're, they're a great barometer as a, as a company to, to really get to grips with what the NHS are, are focusing on and, and how they're operating in a, uh, hopefully the post-COVID mayhem. Um, and, and DXS, as I said, they've got a very incredibly strong recurring revenue base from the NHS, um, you know, circa, uh, just over 3 million. Now that revenue stream was severely tested um, through COVID. You know, some of the, some investors say, "Well, there's there's too much concentration risk there," but really, you know, budgets were slashed left, right, and centre during COVID. It, it it was a real testament to DXS's product offering that they actually maintained those and actually grew some of those revenues within the NHS, um, which was great to see. So, we'd like to see that still still remaining. Um, you know, and we'd also like to see there's been a lot of pilots so the rollout of new products which was obviously delayed over the past couple of years because of COVID. And it was very hard for, for, for them to get the attention of GPs when they were solely focused on understandably vaccinating patients, which was the um, first and foremost critical part to do. So we'll be looking for an update on, on those issues there. Fantastic. Thank you. So I just want to pick up to some, on something that you mentioned when, when discussing expert care, mm. because... As you said, it's accredited by the NHS, which means that that it's paid for by the central NHS fund. I mean, how, how important is that for a business like DXS? Oh, it's it's critical, and and this hasn't this again hasn't been done by accident because DXS have, have been incredibly thorough in making sure that their sales strategy is one hundred percent aligned to the five year plan that's been put out by the NHS and, and what we call the primary care networks um which is what that means is that it's the nhs are trying to facilitate a holistic approach to healthcare so about linking up gps care homes clinical pharmacists and various other local public services so especially with expert care um it really helps having an ai-based medicine management solution linking up all those key areas and it's a very compelling solution for any healthcare system um and having expert care offering that tool um, into those different key stakeholders actually empowers people like pharmacists you know to, to manage the complex reviews with minimal GP input which is what's critical um, as, as well given how how scarce they are resources so it's it's really helping the NHS manage the COVID backlog from GP sources which is exactly what the NHS fund is all about and, and selling into NHS funded reimbursement roles um, is is also key to success and they've actually done a great job in aligning their product offering 
to where the NHS are directing funds. So it's it's a very good marriage there. Thank you. So listen, staying on expert care, Neil, I understand that they've been running a number of pilots with the, the, the NHS, and I'm sure in their upcoming results, as you, as you alluded to, that's going to be something we're going to be learning a little bit more about. But of course, a little bit of an unknown at the moment as to how they've gone and, and you know what the uh, the success has been and you know the, the revenue that's being earned there. I mean, from your standpoint, I mean, do you think there could be a potential for an upside surprise in how well those pilots have gone? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you can think of all the healthcare areas that they could have started with. Um, you know, diabetes is one that they're looking at, but but hypertension, you, you really have to look at the areas that are causing the NHS the, the, the most significant problems. And, you know, the, and that really looking at the, I guess you're looking at the upside potential for expert care, you have to look at it in the context of the problem. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, 25% of the the UK population has a long-term condition uh, and that accounts for those long-term conditions account for, I think it's 70% of healthcare costs. So that's that's a whopping £80 billion per annum. So in ensuring compliance with gold standard treatment guidelines from NICE could really save the NHS billions. And, and that is s- such a, a big tick for, for DXS when they're going into GPs, you can very quickly quantify that return of investment and even on the local level you know there's somewhere in the region i think um over 1200 uh, primary care networks so there's a lot of potential there for getting ingrained in them um and a lot of potential for strong recurring revenues um which is all funded um well a lot of it is funded by nhs digital so um in in terms of the upside the, the guys are very much it's very much the case i think of, of right place right time when it comes to expert care thank you neil so to finish off and this 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 is more sort of looking for your your thoughts as opposed to to a question for for something that i observe and you've obviously outlined some some pretty decent figures there on you know the potential for dxs's services within the nhs and i was just looking at earnings for the last year uh, going back to 2001 and the market cap you know roughly around that five million mark um, earnings 500,000, very crudely trading at 10 times earnings. But of course, since that was recorded, there's been a huge level of uh, activity, which we're going to soon to learn about. I mean, when you're looking at a market cap there, Neil, of, of 5 million, I mean, how good value could that become? And what do you, what do you think that the scope is there um, for a re-rating in this company, because you know, a profit of five hundred thousand profit previously, if this has gone well, I mean that that could look very very cheap. Just want to get your your mm. thoughts around there and the valuation. Yeah, I mean they're they're not immune to the I guess the the overall I mean the macroeconomic situation aside. I mean tech valuations are, are not what they were twenty twenty. I mean some of these healthcare companies were, were trading on thirty times. Uh, it's very rare for a growing you know, digital health tech company to have a bottom line. So again, that's a very big tick um, from DXS. But bottom line side, I mean, it's it's not a growth at any cost, but it, it shows that you know that bottom line can move around as, as investments are, are are made. I mean, right at this stage of the company, we would like them to prioritise revenue growth rather than focusing too much on the bottom line. Uh, because there's a lot of consolidation in the space, so it's 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 a time to move mm-hmm. fast. 
Um, you know, DXS they had a, have a very solid relationship with Enos, who who got bought out by United Health for there was one point five billion, and and that was a fifty percent premium to their market price at the time, and that's equated to about nine times revenue. So, yeah, with DXS approaching four million of revenues and a five million market cap, it's it's certainly not reflected um, what they have under the bonnet and their potential there. Uh, and and the, the product set is is, is ready to go. Um, and, and really now's the time for, for these guys to start moving to really aggressive commercial traction. Thank you very much. That's great. And we will watch eagerly for their results when they come out. Do, do you have any indication when they'll be, Neil? Uh, sometime in August, I would hope. Just looking by, by last year. Sometime in, yeah. in August. Yeah, maybe, maybe something to catch up on. So, um, Sasha and Neil, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thanks very much. Thank you. So just as a note, two companies we discussed their rural broadband solutions with the ticker of RBBS. And to finish off was DXS International, trades with the ticker of DXS, both listed on the Aquis. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember all investment involves risk.